1: Welcome, because today we have a very important topic about marketing myths. We are going to bust in some myths you know, to destroy them and lead you in the right direction. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Gloria. Hi, B. How are you?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more. I know how it's important to find the right strategy to use modern methods and think more about human beings than satisfying algorithms many other things. Because, you know, I remember when I started my digital journey, that was 2008. And I tried to satisfy algorithms. I didn't care about human being because I didn't know other methods (laughs) at that time. And that worked well. We had a team of writers who wrote about anything i gave them topics to write like about finance weight loss anything they wrote (laughs) google ranked (laughs) social media provided high engagement today it's impossible (laughs) because we need to cooperate with experts and think more about human being lori before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yes.
0: Yeah, so Keystone Click is my company. We are a strategic digital marketing agency. I started it in 2008. So this year we celebrated 15 years. Woohoo! Got to got to <laughs> celebrate that one. Big big milestone. Um, when I when I put the emphasis on strategic, uh, that's really important because what we do is we help our clients build brand awareness and generate leads online, and we do that by first conducting research. So like you were talking about a little bit, you know, you were just kind of writing stuff, just the right stuff for the algorithms. But our research focuses heavily on helping our clients better understand the customer so that you can create content that's going to connect and resonate with them and then position that content in the digital ecosystem in the right spot where that ideal customer is hanging out. So we put a lot of emphasis on research to build a strategic plan and then we support the full implementation of that plan, everything from websites, social media, paid ads, email, you know, all that fun stuff in the digital ecosystem. So before I started Keystone Click, I worked at two other marketing agencies um, doing some digital stuff before all those buzzwords like SEO, PPC were a thing. And then um, I actually dabbled in the traditional space a little bit, doing some billboards and print and radio. And and that was kind of fun. But I really found that digital is just fascinating it's constantly changing it's fast moving so that's really where my passion is
1: nice nice awesome i think without passion it's it's better to find something else you know <laughs> and uh, you remind me about passion uh, five years ago i started one project because we found a marketing gap and i got the feeling that i can earn all money online But after investing three years, uh, a lot of resources, (laughs) I had a big team, Uh, but uh, at that time, I hated Monday, loved Friday, (laughs) and after three years, I quit. I quit and told myself, I will never, never, never will take any project because of money. (laughs) You know, if you uh, have more passion, it's better to leave it, (laughs) you know, because you can't overwork others. You can't uh, you need to love what you do if you love 100%. what you do you yeah you can work at any time uh in, in saturday in sunday in time, uh, at any place because you love it mm-hmm. Larry, like, uh, you mentioned about this uh digital ecosystem uh online ecosystem can you tell more about that it's uh you know uh, you started in 2008 i did it in this time as well uh, but today uh, I can't use any methods from uh, 2008 because uh, all companies, all people are online. It's hard to compete with them. Tell how to take your part in this ecosystem.
0: So, um, actually, when I started the company, we only did website design and development, mm-hmm. right? So we were just doing websites, and people would come to me and say, "Hey, how do how do I get found on Google?" or this Facebook thing, what should I do with it? Should I be on it for my business? I don't know. And I would just tell them what to do. And then they would say, well, can you do it for me? So that's where we kind of evolved to being a full uh, digital marketing agency. Um, but yeah, it, it's constantly changing. So it's really important is to educate yourselves and continue to educate others. And I find one of the best ways to learn about the evolving technology is to teach other people about that technology that's happening. So right now, AI is, is what it's all about, right? So I have a number of speaking engagements coming up to talk about AI and the best way that I'm going to be able to be confident in learning it. So is, is having a plan to to reteach it to somebody else.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, you mentioned about lead generation. Can you tell more about that? How to find topics that uh, will provide leads? Um, the main reason why I'm asking about that, uh, because I often see when webmasters chase high volume. Uh, for example, if I take the keyword SEO, I need to compete with most Google itself, uh, Ahrefs, Neil Patel, big companies that have a lot of resources, mm-hmm. uh, companies that deserve these positions. And it's the same if uh, I'm going to create my iPhone, you know, to compete with Apple. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not like this, but similar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even if I have this keyword, it doesn't mean that I can sell my products because it's not your uh, services. Or uh, something similar it's not related to SEO it's like top of the funnel so can you tell how to find topics that will bring traffic that will sell in the end
0: yeah absolutely so um, first there's two things that I want to say about this first and foremost it's very important to understand the customer journey so the Mm -hmm. customer journey isn't just I'm ready to buy today the customer journey has a lot of activity that happens before they're interested in even having that conversation with you so you have to look at that initial pain that someone's having and that's that pain is going to trigger them to do any sort of research online around the solution that it is so for for seo for example it might be how how do i get more traffic to my website or you know, why, why is no one filling out my contact form? Or why is no one calling us? So it's what is that initial pain that someone is experiencing? And how are they searching for those potential solutions to solve that problem? Now, most people are gonna wanna solve that problem themselves. So you wanna educate them on some of the options that are available to solve that problem. Here, if you wanna do it yourself, this is how you can do it. If you maybe need to hire someone or buy a new machine, here's an option here. Or you can outsource that and partner with a potential vendor to um, help you solve that problem. And additional components of that customer journey are what proof do you have that you can actually do it as that strategic partner or vendor um, and what kind of testimonials are out there about you. So it's really important to have positive uh, reputation online, great testimonials. And make sure that other people are advocating for your brand. Um, But you also have to make sure it's really easy for that ideal customer that you have to know that this is the next step to take if they're interested in potentially doing business from you, which is filling out your form from a, a lead generation perspective. Now, one of the things that I see a lot of companies making a big mistake with is they go straight for lead gen when they're starting to do any sort of digital marketing. It's very important, especially on the B2B side of things and even on the consumer side of things, is to start with brand awareness first because people will more than likely do business with brands that they trust. So you're not gonna generate a bunch of leads immediately if you don't have any sort of brand awareness. So you have to start with a strategic brand awareness campaign and that's where you're simply doing that high value educational type information and then you convert them once you've established trust with that potential client to be um, to, to the lead gen funnel. Now, what type of information uh, do you focus on when you create content? That's where you do the research and you have conversations with your ideal customer and listen to the words that you're that they are saying because you know within your own industry you've got jargon, you've got words that you use every single day, but that ideal customer may not speak that same language that you're speaking and have a different way of conveying the message of the pain that they're experiencing so the better that you're creating content that connects and resonates with them meaning you're speaking in their language and it's easy for them to understand that you understand their problem and are ultimately a solution the faster you're going to put them through that brand awareness to lead generation funnel
1: Mm, nice valuable love it love it you remind me the quote that uh, the era of lazy marketers is gone. You <laughs> know that <laughs> because uh, yeah, you need to learn customers, and yeah, uh, many companies ignore it. No, they they usually learn competitors, and I remember Jeff Bezos said about that that uh, Amazon is uh, obsessed about customers, but many companies are obsessed because of competitors, and I often get this request. Unless my competitors steal their traffic, (laughs) sales, I want to get them. No, no, it's not like this. You need to find your unique selling proposition, your strong side, and go ahead with that. Can you tell about finding the right strategy? Uh, What kind of tools do you use to find the right strategy? And even more, uh, I uh, tell how to prioritize topics. Uh, For example, now, uh, I usually see when... Someone can share a list of keywords plus, plus 100K keywords and tell me, oh, okay, I want to get all of them. Why you need to have all of them? Yeah. <laughs> no, choose priorities. Less, but quality is key. So your tips, how to find the right topics and how to prioritize uh, where you start, First, second, third and uh, go on.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So some of that is going to be listening to the, um, like our clients we will listen to the clients. What are the most um, important areas of their business that they want to be focusing on and generating new business for? And then, um, we do a lot of listening. So we'll do some social listening. We'll look at, um, we'll have the conversations with the customer again, looking at what are those phrases that they're saying, the language that they're saying, and then we'll move into leveraging the technology. So, you know, there's a ton of tools out there. We use, um, Semrush, a lot of times we'll, we'll play with the Google Ads platforms. Um, I'm a fan of um, answer the public. That's a great one too. You mm-hmm. know, just get some inspiration for some some phrases and messaging. Um, and you mentioned the comp- competition a little bit. It's not a bad thing to look at the competition because you can get some good inspiration. But also, what I like about looking at the competitions, you can identify what they're not doing. Um, which makes it really easy to go, oh, wow, this is a phrase that people are talking about, but no one is really focusing on that. That's where I'm going to start my strategy and really paying attention to, hey, a lot of people are talking about it. No competition here. That's my focus. So um, yeah, there's a number of different angles that kind of tie into how you put a tactical plan together for this. But um, I always say high search volume, low competition, and that's kind of how you prioritize that.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, awesome, awesome, valuable. Lori, list your loving myths that you can see today that people can still use these methods and destroy them, smash, past anything, you know. Any
0: myths? Let's see. The myths, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh,
1: misconception, myths, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, the easy one is I always say people think like if you build a website, they will come, but I mean, that's, that's just in the movies, right? Mm -hmm. You have to market, you have to promote, especially when there's crazy economic times. That's the most important time to keep your brand alive and well, so that when times are thriving, your brand is top of mind. Um, I see when, when there are, is some sort of economic downturn that, marketing tends to be the first area that gets their budgeted cut. um, And that typically is a big mistake. And there's a ton of data and history that says the brands that continue to market during economic downturn are the brands that succeed and thrive when things are back to normal.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You mentioned about uh, promotion. Um, You know, it's interesting, for example, Forbes doesn't need to promote any content because Mm -hmm. Forbes has a loyal audience, big audience, uh, many great websites, even search engine journal. uh, Neil Patel uh, shares that he didn't use link building. He used before, but when he got loyal audience, he stopped doing this and creating more content. I spoke with a few great webmasters who told me they don't use link building. Uh, because of having this audience uh, and pay attention to create uh, high quality content. And uh, I know some webmasters can start from almost scratch, but uh, just share content uh, on social media, but don't use link building. And they uh, explain about that. Uh, It might help in, in the beginning. But when you spend all the resources to create more high quality content, it can bring results. But it doesn't mean they don't use anything. They promote on social media, I mean, like uh, Mm -hmm. in newsletter. So tell your thoughts about link building and any other successful methods that can bring results.
0: Yeah, so link building is always an interesting topic because I would say, you know, let's see, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was way more spammy of an approach where you would pay for links. And that wasn't really a good practice at all. And the search engines caught on to that fairly quickly um, link building you have to be very strategic about where you're getting the backlinks from because you want to make sure they are indeed quality backlinks we don't put a lot of emphasis on the call the um, on the link building campaign um, it might be a tactic depending on the positioning of your competition and the phrase that you're trying to target but um, I would say more emphasis should be on making sure your website is built from a technically sound standpoint so it's easy for the search engines to find it um, and that you are writing high quality content and you're making it easy for other people to find it by sharing it on social media. Now, there is nothing wrong with getting content published on sites such as Forbes, you know, a high quality site. And then if you have a link from a very high reputable site going back to your site, that is going to help your search engine rankings. But I don't personally don't put um, a lot of emphasis on that. I put more emphasis on the quality of the content that you
1: ultimately own. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about quality of content. (laughs) You know, it's (laughs) interesting that without high quality content, it's hard. I think almost impossible to get results Uh, i still get some case studies that content was written by ai provide great results but uh, in most cases nobody shares (laughs) these urls where you can check you know how ai can do it but anyway uh, uh, let's talk about high quality content if i write any article i have the feeling uh, this piece of content is art you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i'm You know, uh, uh, I can't criticize myself. I can't estimate uh, in the right way. I'm biased with that. Uh, Can you tell uh, what high quality means? You mentioned. You need to create high-quality content. But what does it mean? Because I still get the question, please estimate the quality. It's subjective. I can estimate the quality in SEO in marketing. But if you ask me about weight loss, I can't. (laughs) If you ask me about medicine, I can't. About trading, I I have no idea how to check it. So, uh, for example, if you have new clients, how you can estimate the quality of content?
0: Yeah. Great question. I love this question. So I'm going to go back to the conversation around the customer journey and really understanding Mm -hmm. the different pains that that customer is experiencing and think about the searches that they're typing into Google and and the search engines to help solve that problem. If you're able to educate on that challenge that they're facing and adding value to their Their life and their journey from uh, you know whatever challenge that they're experiencing that's considered high quality high quality is also on how the content is structured so you don't want just one really heavy long paragraph you want to make it easy for someone to read and that's why using heading tags and headers and bolding text and uh, lists and chunking your content is going to make it easy for someone to read which likely is going to make it easier for someone to share that. So the quality of the content is going to help solve a problem, but also make it an easy experience for them to digest that information as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, digest. Awesome part. Uh, you remind me of a book uh, from Joe Sugarman. He wrote this book before digital. Uh, and uh, you know when I read this book, I can have the feeling this book was written for digital. You know, because... Uh, the foundation is the same, nothing changed. Technologies change, uh, methods of consuming content change, but human psychology is the same, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And he mentioned how to retain the audience and how users can digest your content. Uh, and um, uh, he explained how it's important to retain readers uh, until the end. Uh, we have bounce rate high at any website content, plus 50% of people leave content. It's the same on YouTube, on TikTok. Uh, On YouTube, I remember 80% of users uh, leave in in the first 20 seconds Mm -hmm. because uh, it's it's hard to consume some content, digest this content. So tell your methods how to retain users as much as possible. I mean, or longer as possible.
0: Say that again? I I, didn't
1: point uh, on I mean like, it. Uh, I mean like how to retain, uh, how to give a strong reason to consume your content and how to keep them until then.
0: Yeah. I mean it you have to continue once you start building that audience, you have to be consistent with creating content. If you start have a following and an audience and you're building that trust, the last thing you want to do is stop providing value because you can't just decide, Oh, I'm going to stop for six months and then restart up again. You've lost the trust of that audience. As long as you're continuing to create valuable, digestible content, um, your audience is going to continue to listen and follow and likely share. And therefore your audience will continue to grow.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Lori, I want to ask about uh, your strong side. Uh, It's interesting when I spoke with uh, Rand Fishkin, Neil Patel, Jeff Coyle, Lily Ray, many great experts, all of them have their strong sides. Tell about your strong side. Why are you better than many other million marketers that we have online?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a weird one to answer, like that I'm talking about myself. But what I... Um, I guess there's a couple of things that I like to say. One, I'm middle brain. I'm not not just creative and I'm not just analytical. I love putting those worlds together and really understanding how creativity drives conversion. I think that's a really important part of a a strong marketer. Um, The other thing is uh, education is just in my core. And in digital marketing, the world changes fast. I love learning new things and I love teaching it to others and making sure that they're confident in making the business decisions that they're making based on the information that I'm educating them on. So I want people to make intelligent business decisions and not just make assumptions. So I would say. um, And the third thing is, I will tell you exactly how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if I disagree with a positioning, I'm not afraid to, to step back and let you know that i i think that's a mistake or i'll tell you why i um, wholeheartedly believe in the path that i'm recommending you pursue
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, and you know i, I never disagree <laughs> <with> marketers <laughs> because if it works for someone why not <laughs> you can use it you know yeah and uh, uh, i think some marketers can get results with something that uh, i never use it's not because i can't use it because it's not my strong side you mm-hmm. know and Lori, you mentioned you love teaching uh, can you tell how you teach others uh, how you share your content and uh, yeah where we can follow you to learn more about you yeah
0: um so i taught at the local university for a little while i taught b2b sales mm-hmm. and marketing and principles and marketing I, I haven't i haven't done that ever since covid because i don't ironically i don't like teaching virtually <laughs> um mm-hmm. But um, I actually now teach um, agency employees, account managers, how to be better at their job through the Agency Management Institute. Um, And from a content creation standpoint, blogs, very active on LinkedIn. Just look for Lori Hybe. I post daily information. Um, And I've got two podcasts and we've got a newsletter. So there's a lot of different ways. Uh, Keystoneclick.com. Uh, just look for Lori Hybe. Those are the best channels we are going to be seeing and hearing me teach and educate and share what I learn and know.
1: Nice. Awesome. Guys, you can find all links in the description. You know, if you want to follow Lori, because I follow, I recommend to follow too, to listen to this awesome podcast uh, because you can get a lot more value. And Lori, I want to ask about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. Some of them terrible mistakes. <laughs> you know, uh, I I lost a few businesses because of mistakes. Uh, okay, not businesses, projects. Uh, but uh, in, you know, uh, sometimes I don't know another way how to go ahead without doing mistakes. Because if you start something new, we usually find best practices, generic strategies, uh, can do them uh, fail and for example I failed with PR campaigns I, I wrote a bunch of press releases I don't remember exactly the number like a, a lot of press releases I pitch all of them and I got zero mentions, zero links uh, but I learned how it works. then uh, I hired specialists who can write great press releases, I hired specialists who can pitch them and to have this mix uh, we got mentioned on CNN, Forbes, Business Insider, because of having this process. But I can't hire specialists without make my hands dirty. You know, I need to try it to learn it. So tell about common mistakes that marketers can avoid from your experience and your tips how to find another way.
0: Yeah. Oh wow! Such a fun one. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see making is not paying attention to building your email list. Honestly, Mm -hmm. um, your email list, I think a lot of people are annoyed with email, myself included. I get way too many emails. However, it is probably one of your most valuable digital assets that you can have with your business for a couple of reasons. One, you control that, you own it. You don't own your Facebook followers or YouTube followers, your TikTok followers. We've already seen it before where those channels have control and they can do whatever they want with that. So the goal of those channels is to drive them to your website to get them to sign up for your email list. Two, you can control the message and the frequency at which it is going into someone's inbox, <coughs> excuse me. Um, again, like social media channels, you don't necessarily have control like Facebook, what only what two or 3% of the people actually will see your post unless you put some dollars behind it. So you want to make sure that um, you're leveraging email from a communication standpoint, you can use your email lists to, you know, upload to social media channels for advertising purposes, um, and look uh, and create lookalike audiences. So it's going to capture the uh, demographic information of those that are on your list, and you're able to then um expand your marketing reach uh with with some paid advertising. And the other thing that's a, a probably the strongest valuable asset, if you are ever looking to sell your business, your email list will be factored into um, the value of your business as long as it's a warm, active list with quality contacts and, a, and an engaged community. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that I see marketers making is not putting the time and energy into building their email list.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Ren Fishkin uh, said on my event about that, uh, that he can change 10 followers on social media to one subscriber on email list <laughs> mm-hmm. because you can own uh, your list. You can... Uh, Handle the process, but social media can do whatever they, they want. So, if you even if you have a million flows, it doesn't mean that you can get a million <laughs> uh, views or impressions, you know. Yeah, it depends on social media, they change all grips, but email is the same, so you can, yeah, this channel, you know, and my email still shows great results. Uh, Lori. Uh, What I found is that we usually get great results with clients who understand what we do. For example, uh, if we help with SEO, uh, then uh, we get high results with clients who understand. SEO, they know why we need to create high quality content. Why it's important to think more about traffic value than getting more traffic many different insights Uh, if clients don't understand usually do what you do you know (laughs) i mean like to teach them tell okay take my course uh learn from lily ray jeff coil uh go to youtube go to google subscribe to uh podcast just learn get the basic how it works then we can go ahead let's imagine it's your first day in marketing forget about your experience you know Nothing. <laughs> uh, you started only today. What will you do today if you need to learn from scratch?
0: Well, I would probably actually go to Google and just type in how, how do I learn marketing? Right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the challenge that I'm facing. Um, but if I've got the platforms, you know, I would like HubSpot and SEMrush and you know, Hrefs, Moz, they have amazing information and content on those websites. I'd identify who are the major influencers in the industry and start following them on social media and subscribe to their newsletters. So I'm getting um, constantly updated on on what they're doing and uh, following the trends. So I like following multiple folks to see if there's any trends that are happening um, in the topics that they're sharing. Across the different nice. influencers
1: yeah awesome awesome and i recommend to follow lori you now oh. <laughs> one more influencer to learn more and my final question about the future i want to ask you take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in your vision because my crystal ball doesn't work i tried a few times <laughs> you know I, I bought crypto and i felt crypto will go up but it went down <laughs> anyway, I don't put all eggs in one basket. I'm okay to lose some money. It's gambling game, but, uh, I know it's important to adapt fast. That's why, uh, it's better to know what kind of future will be your prediction about the future.
0: Uh, well, AI, which is already kind of here, um, is definitely, it's going to change. It's going to change the game. Basically, if anyone has a job that's sitting at a computer, all day every day most of the day um ai is going to be changing that so the future is going to be learning how to leverage ai to um, create efficiencies Um, but also i very much hope and believe that it's going to allow for more human time and human relationships because we're leveraging technology from an efficiency standpoint because i think so many of us are just like stuck to our computers right now which is unfortunate, but yeah, I very much believe AI is changing the way we conduct business, and it's going to be less emphasis on content and more emphasis on strategy and the data of the output um, of the implementation of that strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Quill said on my podcast, he's co-founder of Market Muse, that uh, in, in the future, we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second company will implement AI, and the third company will be obsolete, who can leave the trade. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's why it's important to adapt to learn. If you can't develop, then implement. <laughs> we have this opportunity. That's great uh, that AI is acceptable to anyone today. Uh, Lori, it's a big pleasure to get in the show to learn from you. Tell The best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to subscribe to all your podcasts.
0: Yeah. Podcast Social Capital. It's a great one. I've interviewed people globally on the topic of networking and marketing. Um, A broadcast for manufacturers is the other podcast. It's myself and two other broads, the ladies. Um, We talk broadly about the topic of manufacturing. Uh, as I mentioned before, LinkedIn is probably going to be the best channel that you can see me on. I, I'm pretty active on there, posting daily information, resources, podcasts, events I'm going to be at. Um, and just look for Lori Hybe And uh, KeystoneClick.com is uh, my company. So check it out. Connect. Um, message me on LinkedIn.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all the links in the description below this on us on apple google spotify thanks again for the time love it so valuable i recommend to anyone to follow lori because you can see a lot of value okay guys love you see you
0: thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use